Welcome to All the Social Ladies, a podcast bringing you candid conversations with the boldest women in digital marketing. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and let's get into the show. So I need to share a secret with you guys. Basically, I am an obsessive purger. You've heard of hoarders. (laughs) I'm the opposite. I'm a purger. I purge everything. Every time we get any buildup of stuff, I immediately call my favorite company, Junk Luggers. My husband jokes about it. It's actually one of his least favorite things about me, but I am obsessed with Junk Luggers. And the reason I love Junk Luggers so much is that I know that they are a company that is truly based in mission. I know that my stuff is getting recycled and going to good use. And I know that it will eventually go to a good home and that it will not be in mine, which is one of my favorite things ever. And so, of course, I had to interview Christy Ferguson, who is the chief marketing officer of the Junk Luggers. And I just want to tell you, you guys are going to love this interview for so many levels, but pay close attention to her three moments because they basically tap down into every piece of advice I've ever given ever. And I think she she lays it out really nicely in the three defining moments of her career. Take a listen. Welcome, Christy, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So excited to have you here. As you know, I have a little bit of a junk lovers obsession, so I had to have you on the show. I am an obsessive purger. I like. In, I feel in my own mind, I'm, I Marie Kondoed my life before Marie Kondo was like a thing. So I totally love the. I live the junk lovers life, and so I'm so happy to have you on. Well, thank you so much. And that's awesome. It's great to hear. And, you know, we're always happy to help you with your junk removal. So we're here for you. All the time. Thank you. So uh, let's start before we get into junk luggers and my throwing out obsession, which we can talk about all day. I would love to know about the moments in your career that you feel really helped define it, helped bring you where you are today. And specifically, I'm looking for three moments. Okay, great. Well, I would say one moment that has definitely helped me define my career is growing up in a family-owned small business. We owned a grocery store, a restaurant, a catering company, and my dad woke up every single morning by at least 4.30 and worked six days, seven days a week. So it was pretty amazing to just be a part of that family culture that was so focused on business ownership. But most importantly, I was able to work there every summer and to help out in the restaurant which meant getting up at the crack of dawn and hitching a ride in with my dad. But he is an absolute perfectionist. So I learned so many life skills and business skills from him. At the time, I maybe wasn't as appreciative. But one thing that really stands out in terms of a memory is that at the restaurant, they had this amazing salad bar, like no salad bar you've ever seen before. This is a (laughs) U-shaped salad bar that customer, you know, moves around the outside, phenomenal toppings, everything you could imagine, and then some. And there was a full-time person that worked inside the U to make sure that the salad bar just looked amazing at every single moment of the day. Well, this full-time person got to go on vacation for one week of summer, and my sister and I would go, and we were in charge of the salad bar. And we would get there with my dad by 5 a.m., and have to prep everything, work with our family members in the kitchen, you get the shrimp ready and the chicken and the pre-made salads and everything that you can imagine. And at about 9.59, my dad would come around to do this white glove inspection and nothing could be out of place. Everything had to be perfection because he was so focused on the customer experience and it had to be perfection straight through lunch rush. So even when the restaurant was swamped with customers, it had to look amazing. And that just stood out to me. I learned, you know, this attention 
into detail, really being focused on the customer experience and looking at things with fresh eyes like he would every day as he would walk around when it was showtime, you know, that really inspired me and taught me that I need to bring my A-game every single day, which I have tried to do every single day of my career since. That is a fantastic story. So did you ever think about, in growing up with a family of small business owners, did you ever think about going into business for yourself? I would say at that stage, I, I thought, no, I was, you know, I would work in close quarters with my family so often in that small business. I thought, wow, wouldn't it be refreshing to go and work for someone else? So <laughs> at that stage of my life, I say, no, I was ready to go out and, and get some other experiences. But, you know, everything they say comes full circle. So I think later in life, I thought, wow, some of those great experiences make me want to, to work for myself, too. So incredible. OK, tell me about your next moment. Okay, so the next one was right out of college. I was actually an account manager at a full-service ad agency back in Cleveland, Ohio area where I grew up, and I was lucky enough to be assigned a small role on the McDonald's account. So that was really my first foray into franchising. I had no idea at the time that it was, you know, going to be where my my career path would primarily go, but we were working with extremely established franchisees. They had very yes. strong opinions than yes. me. Things were always very eye-opening about small business, so kind of at a different level than my family business, learning, you know, the interworkings of franchisee to franchisee and franchisee to franchisor, getting everybody to come together and, you know, the importance of funding paid advertising campaigns. So that, I think, looking back was a defining moment because, you know, I stepped into that. It was interesting to me and kind of led to a future in franchising. Interesting. So what was it? I would imagine it would be very challenging when you're working with a franchisee type model to have all of these different stakeholders that you're in a, in, in a relatively uh, early role at an ad agency, right? So you're not yet grown up to the top, right? What You were an account executive at that time? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you come in as an account executive. You have all these different loud voices of experienced stakeholders that are all having different voices. How did you learn how to really step up and share your thoughts, your voice, all of that? Well, it's interesting because I, I remember vividly the first meeting I went to, I was officially the paper passer outer. I mean, all that's really all I was allowed to do because yep. I was new on the account. Yep. But I think it was just, you know, and then literally didn't even have a seat at the table. The account executives were off to the side, and I just listened, and I have a very curious personality. I'm an avid note taker, so I just listened, understood what their challenges were, what their opportunities were, and I've always found in my career and, and starting very early that if you can be a good listener and then solve problems and bring creative solutions to the table, then that's where you are able to step up and you know have conversations with a group such as these, you you know, extremely successful franchise partners. What I like about it for you as the second moment is that you started and grew up in this total small business environment, learning from your dad. And then you go to an agency where you get to experience that sort of same feeling, right? They're all small businesses all put together, but under one large brand with a lot of power. And so that must've been very appealing to you. Yes, it was a great experience and it was also, you know, food background and that was always my background and I love food and I love to eat. So I felt like, okay, this all plays in nicely, but then really learning the interworkings of the franchise model just sparked my curiosity for sure. Wow. I love that. Okay. Take me to your third moment. 
Okay, my third one also involves food, and that was, I remember this one, almost like it was yesterday, although it was many years ago, back in the summer of 2003, I was walking out of my doctor's office, just walking through the parking lot, and I saw a delivery person walking across the parking lot towards me, and I thought he was carrying just this huge, beautiful bouquet of flowers. So I was intrigued, and I'm naturally curious. I want to know more about everything that I see. So I you know, went up to him, and I say that nicely. I mean, I, I kind of ran over and <laughs> stopped him in his tracks and had to learn what, what was this bouquet of flowers. And I realized it was actually fresh fruit that was sculpted to look like flowers. And that was just, you know, a wow moment. I think I was actually stunned and quiet, which is very unlike me. And I went home and researched the companies or the company and was just 100% determined that I had to be a part of it. The fact that they weren't actively looking for anyone in marketing just didn't deter me in any way, shape, or form. I reached out to them, and in a short period of time, I joined their very small team above a corporate office to head up marketing. So it was one of those one of those amazing moments. When I look back now, I think, well, what if I wasn't so curious? What if I didn't stop that delivery driver? You know, how different would my career have been? Okay, so we have to talk about this moment because this is a moment that taps into a lot of what I talk about to young women. And I want some specifics on how, because I basically say, listen, don't obsess about what's open on, you know, monster.com or on any of these job sites or on Indeed. I want you to think about where you want to go and what inspires you and then go basically, if the door is not open, go open it. So that sounds to me like exactly what you did. So talk me through like the process of what you did. So you called corporate, Was there a position open at the time? They were looking for someone for franchise support, which is more of an operational role. And they actually had a job description online for that role. So I did everything. I applied to that job saying, I'm really a marketing person and here's my background and I would love to help you out. I think I called them on multiple occasions. They had a call center. So I talked to you know probably every single member of the call center. And then eventually I got to somebody who was heading up marketing and somehow she, you know, got my resume to the founder of the company and they said, come on in, let's, let's have a chat. But I felt like, you know, I wasn't going to stop just because they weren't specifically looking for someone with my background. What's the worst thing that could happen? They could say, we don't need someone like you. Well, at least I made a touch point, got some contact information and had, you know, someone I could follow up with going forward. So I was certainly not afraid to do that. I was determined and motivated that I just wanted the ability to sit down with the founder and talk. And I knew that if I had that opportunity, there, it would probably lead to bigger and better opportunities. I didn't realize it was going to be so immediate. So that was pretty awesome. But it was, you know, just such an exciting time. I love that story. I think it's such a great, a great example of just becoming sort of obsessed with the brand and going out there and doing what you needed to do to get in the door. And then you're like living your best life because you're passionate about the brand. You also are passionate about franchising and the entire franchise model. And so bringing that all together worked so well for you. What a great series of moments. So now here you are, you've got more than 20 years of experience in this space, right? You're building these franchise brands that have this global appeal, right? They've got this global presence and yet are comprised of lots of local businesses, right? All all of these franchise owners are essentially local businesses. So when you're building a brand like that, Christy, how do you balance the national with the local, where does the priority lie? And, and how do you, how do you get the message out in a way that works for everyone? 
So that's a great question. And I feel so fortunate to get involved in the early stages of some of these great brands like Edible Arrangements, another franchise brand called Nerds to Go in the technology space, and of course, the Junk Luggers. Um, and to me, it's awesome to be a part of that emerging franchise system where really the focus starts with local. Because in franchising, when you have you know, a handful of locations or 10 or 20 locations and you're growing, you, you know, there really isn't an opportunity to do a lot of national and you don't have the funds to do a lot of national. So initially, it has always started for me at the local level and primarily giving franchisees the tools and the resources that they need to be successful. So in franchising, there's typically one or more corporate locations. They have set and paved the way. They've learned what works and what doesn't work. And then just partnering with, you know, some different agencies, like for the junk luggers, we have a great advertising agency who has helped us just define and refine our brand voice and bring it to life. So we create a variety of different marketing materials and resources. And then we train franchisees on how to implement those at the marketplace. Grassroots marketing, that low cost, no cost, boots on the ground is always absolutely critical paid advertising, both digital and traditional, have been an important component for us. And the good old-fashioned networking, building relationships in the community, focusing on you know business to business in addition to residential has been really important. So it's really about setting that foundation at the local level and making each franchisee successful, constantly looking at the tools that you have, evolving, launching new tools where appropriate, And then as you grow, you start to have more of a presence, perhaps in a region or across the country, and you can really kick off some larger initiatives. You want to do that, you know, sooner rather than later. It often starts with national PR just to get some buzz and excitement around the brand and then some form of national advertising. And today you can do things that are a bit national, but because they're digital, they tend to be more cost effective. So, you know, again, in my career, The franchisee typically is spearheading local, but we're giving them all the support and the guidance and the coaching and the tools. And then the marketing team, the internal marketing team, really leads that national charge. One of the things that I love about social media is the ability to get so local with your communications and even hyper-local. Talk to me a little bit about the core pillars of your social strategy. What is your approach and how are you using it to communicate your differentiators and really promote in the local markets? Yeah, so with social, I agree with you. It's such a great way to get hyper-local, which is so important in franchising. And in terms of social strategy, I think it's important for any brand to stop and say, you know, which social channels are right for your business. Sometimes you may want to get out there on every possible social channel, but you can't keep up with it. You can't post content daily or weekly. You really want to narrow down, at least initially, and pick those that are, you know, the best for your brand brand and your demographics. So for junk loggers, for example, that includes Facebook and LinkedIn are two of the key social channels that we utilize because we are developing relationships with residential consumers as well as commercial consumers. And we have our brand pages from a national level that we're responsible for posting content on. And on Facebook, we're posting multiple times a week. On LinkedIn, we're posting at least once a week. We're varying our messaging, but we're also sharing content with our franchisees so they can do the hyper-local posting in their individual market. And that's something amazing for franchisees to 
especially with a brand like the Junk Luggers, where we have relationships with charitable organizations in our local marketplaces that are so important, part of the fabric of who we are. So you can really get your message across. You can really partner with various organizations and tell your local story while we take care of telling the national story. I love that. And are you using social today simply for awareness or are you actually using it to drive appointments? And also, are you using it all to recruit new potential franchise owners? All great questions. And I would say all of the above. So yes. we are using social for certainly for brand awareness. We do a combination of organic posting as well as paid advertising to drive leads as well. And we also use it and LinkedIn in particular for franchise prospects and for people to consider the junk luggers when they consider stepping into franchising. And, you know, it's just such a wonderful group of tools to use to have real-time communication. You can measure what's working, what's not working, whether it's organic or paid, and then, you know, give guidance and make changes on the fly which is pretty awesome. Back in the early days of my career, you were setting your ad campaigns and a lot of the in-home dates or TV was due so far in advance that you couldn't really make those real-time changes. And although those are still really important components of our plan, I think social just allows us to really have our finger on the pulse of the business, what's going on and make real-time modifications. Wonderful. I love all of it. It sounds like you guys are really getting ahead of the curve with social. Very, very exciting. I am going to head on over to our lightning round now where, Christy, I'm going to ask you three questions and you just tell me whatever comes off the top of your head. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Here we go. What is one piece of advice you would tell your younger self? Okay. There's probably a lot, but one, (laughs) if I had to pick one, it would be do not sweat the small stuff in your life, in your career. I think that, you know, as I've grown in my career, sometimes something seems like such a big deal or you get all worked up about it when it's important to just take a step back. And maybe I can do this now with all my years of wisdom, but whenever anything stopped me in my tracks or or concerned me or challenged me, it seemed like it was the end all be all. And really it's just a small part of the bigger picture. So I would tell my younger self, don't sweat the small stuff. Look at the big picture. Everything will pass. You're going to learn from it. Uh, You know what I always think about? And I wish I had said this to myself when I was younger. Like whenever I'm upset about something, I always think like, will you remember this in like three days, three months, three years? And usually the answer is no, even about three days. Like, because it's usually just so in the moment. Like these are all small things in the big picture, right? Yeah, that's a great way to think about it. All right. What's your definition of success? Okay, so this one I think is an interesting question. Forever in my career, I thought success was finding a work-life balance, 50-50 work-life. And then I realized that for me at least, that's impossible. So what I now try to achieve is what I call work-life synergy. It's never 50-50. There are times in my career where it is nearly 100% work, but I just need to balance that out and make sure that shortly thereafter, I am you know, turning that around and spending some great quality time, taking much needed vacation time with my family. Something I didn't realize early in my career is that vacations have a reason. And if you can actually take them and decompress and disconnect and really be there 100% with your family, you come back and you're so much better at what you did. I always thought I'm going to get behind. I'm going to, you know, lose my momentum, but it's actually the opposite. So to me, 
success is just finding that, you know, synergy and knowing that it's going to change from time to time. And you just have to be okay with that. When you're working a million hours, it's okay. As long as you take the time to enjoy life too. Absolutely. I love work-life synergy. I'm totally, I'm going to credit you when I say it, but I definitely love work-life synergy. What woman okay, awesome. do you, admi- good. That's it. The, we're going to call it the Christy Ferguson rule. Actually. We're just, that's it. <gasps> oh my it's gosh. Done. I love that. <laughs> it's done. We're going to brand it and that's it. Okay. What woman do you admire most in the whole wide world? So I would have to say my mom, I am one of four kids and she stayed at home with us when we were growing up, but that didn't stop her. She was a go-getter, also a type A personality. I think the apple doesn't fall far from the tree in that case. So she was heavily involved in all of our activities, especially sports. She was the president of our figure skating association, ran these massive events that she really didn't have a background in doing, but she always would just find a way. And then as we got older, she just created her own career. She's got this natural talent in interior design and remodeling and putting on huge additions. Nothing that, you know, she went to school for, but something that truly is a natural talent. So she paved her own path, created her own amazing career. And I really just learned from her work ethic, her drive, her ability to develop amazing relationships with her customers who continuously come back to her. So I just try to emulate her. Although, you know, I won't let her listen to this because I don't know if I would admit that to her. Oh, but she so I'll tell her, but she's also one of the very few people that I feel like I can have a real work conversation with. If I have an amazing day, if I have a really tough day, we just totally get each other. So I feel like she's been just such a great role model and mentor from a working standpoint. Oh, I feel that about my mom too. And it's funny, she worked as a social worker for a school system. She knows nothing about business. And yet she's the person I go to about stuff a lot because just when you're similar, it it helps you process through a lot of those things for sure. Yeah, that's a great point. I think we're very similar and that just helps us, you know, always land in a good place. Exactly, exactly. Wonderful. Well, Christy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You are one fabulous social lady. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. That was all the social ladies. Don't miss new episodes every week. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media and author of Work It, Secrets for Success from the Boldest Women in Business. Follow me at Carrie Kirpin everywhere. And for more social smarts, be sure to follow Likeable at Likeable Media. Thanks for listening.